Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. And I'm sitting here with Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And Venerable Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. So you you guys, uh, we have a, uh, I have a special show for you. You get to listen. I'm just kidding. Uh, you <laughs> Nothing do, new to me. I, <laughs> I, that's got, thank you. That was good, Tom. Tom thank uh, you. He's on a roll. It's the uh, peanut gallery. No, he's actually sitting on a roll. Hey, how, he, he that there. <laughs> that's good. Hey, how's Deacon Chip, Chip doing? I, I, for whatever reason, you know, he's doing I'm all sure right. I just heard his voice. Which he's, a, he's a busy we man. We haven't talked about him in a while. He's a busy man. He, he's the voice of our show. Like, he's the first one we hear when, when we tune in to the Catholic Cafe. I haven't seen him in a while. He's, doing, he's doing pretty good. He's still a deacon in good standing, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> So back and he's to the also show. and he's and he's also still married. So these are all the good. These are pluses. These are pluses. Uh, so uh, what I'm going to do today is uh, I recently gave a couple of different talks, uh, and they were about uh, well in in this um, uh, parish year of the National Eucharistic Revival, which I think some people have forgotten we're in. To be honest, yeah. it's it's something the the bishops arranged. You know, a couple of years ago started it. Uh, and then this is the second year of it, uh, and there's actually a third year uh, that that culminates in a Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis, and uh, it's a kind of a big deal, you know. Except that I think that a lot of parishes are like, well, you know, we're moving on, you know, and it's like this. Uh, so I'm still doing talks every once in a while and, and reminding people that this is a national Eucharistic revival in the United States. And I don't know what other parishes are doing about it, but like when I'm there, and it's like, well, this is what we're going to do. I did, I did a talk in front of the Blessed Sacrament, um, not to the Blessed Sacrament. <laughs> that makes it sound like <laughs> did. Jesus was my audience. That was a you good know, catch. no, I was. I we were in adoration, and you know, when you do a holy hour, there are lots of options. The church leaves open a lot of options for those who are participating in that worship experience, and one of them is to have talks. And so we did. Uh, we, for, so we did the solemn exposition, uh, and it culminated in in benediction. But also we did evening prayer, and then like in the middle of the evening prayer, there's a place where you can do a homily. So I did an extended talk about Eucharist, but the perspective of it was what we're sitting and contemplating during adoration. And the thing is, it's it's. Um, I, I shouldn't say this is what everybody needs to do. This is just something that happened to me, and then when it happened to me in adoration, I just kind of wrote these words down. And what it was, you know, we Tom for years we've been doing our top ten lists. Oh yeah, right. And well, the Lord gave me. We forgot about those. I know. We'll need to do it again. Well, this is kind of a top ten list. Yeah. I still remember the jingle. The, no, the top ten list. Well, but, yeah. yeah, but we're not doing the top ten list. Oh, just oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I'm just you know bringing back a hit. You know, we, we, I got a Grammy for that. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Do you have a daytime job? <laughs> no. It's exactly that. I just sing that on the street corners. And in You're truth, killing it then. <laughs> to, to Every be, day. To be honest, that paper, baby. The only one that gave him uh, an award for that was his grandmother, who he calls Grammy. And so he got a Grammy for that. <laughs> it was Grandma, actually it was banana bread, but yes. it was delicious. I'm sure it was, and it was well-deserved. You can't anyway, have any. Stop. <laughs> stop. I believe it. Anyway, back to the Blessed Sacrament. Whoa. You know. Back to the blessed sacrament. So while 
uh, while sitting there, uh, you know, I I will go there uh, in times, especially in times of uh, in in times of personal. We'll just say, you know, despairing, like where you're starting to feel bad about yourself. You know, maybe a little depression or a little. You don't feel good about yourself or whatever, and it, and to me, adoration is is an opportunity, not only for introspection, but really just to receive from the Eucharist in a way that we're not used to always doing it. We receive Holy Eucharist in Holy Communion, but in adoration, we can contemplate as we're receiving. So it's kind of a a unique experience. Anyway, I I was thinking about things that I say to the Lord when I'm present, and sometimes it's hard for us to be quiet. Right and let the Lord speak to us, but it was very pronounced that the Lord spoke some of these words to me. Now, I, in all honesty, the, the, this was all like a feeling or an experience that, which later, as I pondered it, I sort of like uh, unpacked it and then came up with these ten words. So, what these are to me are what the Lord is saying to me. Mm-hmm. Now, again, so this is a personal uh, reflection on my part. But I've done this talk now twice, or the elements of this twice, and both times people were like, can we get a copy of that? Can I get a copy of that list? Because mm. they just wanted, they were like, I want to take this into adoration. Okay, well, you can, uh, but I'm going to give everyone the opportunity. Um, you should be getting a pen and paper if you want to write down these words. And maybe you've got your own words, I don't know. But if you're driving, this, you know, praise this, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This list is like top top of the top 10 list. Well, it could be. It could be. But I will, I'll say it this way. It's actually, it's funny, Tom, you say it that way because it's really the bottom. Okay. Because it, and it ends in the top. Mm. It, this, is, this is like a ladder. Do y'all remember in, in school, in math, like our logic, when you were introduced to the concept of logic, mm-hmm. uh, Sam, for you, like in the first grade, you were already doing this <laughs> stuff. But do you remember, do you remember if then He's statements? Teaching it. What are you talking about? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you, do you remember if thens? Like, if this is true, then that's yeah. true, or that follows, right. right? Well, this is kind of like that. There, it just kind of flows in a if this is true, then this follows. And, and so, and this is during adoration. You're getting this during adoration. Yeah, I'm, I'm, an this hour is, of adoration. An hour of adoration. Okay, I, it might have been 59 minutes. I don't remember. You know, I'm okay. just thinking it was. An I hour. got it. So here I am in adoration, and so. First and foremost, you know, you walk into adoration. You guys probably have the same experience where you go in there. Basically, you just kind of unload on Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you do a lot of that, uh, you know, Father Mike Schmidt sighing. You ever heard him talk? I love him. And he's like, he'd be like, <sighs> you know. <laughs> so I go into adoration, and, and I'll go, uh, and I just like go in there and go like, <sighs> okay. Now, let me just kind of calm down. Lord, I've got all these things to tell you. You know, and then I just right. kind of launch into this stuff. Yeah. And after the Lord is very patient with me, and I, I, I I hope and pray that he continues to be patient with me. I start to sort of get this uh, this experience or this feeling back, this this response uh, that again, words weren't formulated. I didn't hear voices or anything like that. But and later I put these words down. But the first response I got with all my so as I as I heaped all these first of all praises, say Lord praise you so much, awesome, which I don't know if you feel that way, but you're like you feel like you should say that first before you start giving them all the grief, right? And so then I, then I launch into the grief and all this stuff, right? Well, so then the, the, the thing that I hear first and foremost is like, you know what? You are. Right? He says to me, you are. And I start to experience what, how he sees me. Mm. And the first thing that I, that I heard was, you are here. So, I mean, think about that. That's really profound. Mm. It's really profound that like when you're in adoration, 
that you should stop and just revel in the fact that you are here, that you didn't go to uh, the movies, you didn't go to the bowling alley, which is a great place of spiritual, you know. Uh, it really is. Yeah, antenna, <laughs> yeah, for me anyway. So there's all these places you could have gone. Right. There's, all the, there's good places and there's bad places. But you chose to come there, mm-hmm. right? And that's a good thing. And so, like, I think the Lord just wanted me to go, like, you know, hey, it's good to be here. Well, and also, I mean, before we even get to the here, there's something special, I think, as I'm listening to this, about just the you are. Because oh, that, yeah. that's where God <clears throat> God meets us at that level of being. And a lot of times, we, we're, we're out of touch. We, I, I, I've quoted this before. I heard a Catholic speaker say we... we mistake ourselves for human doings because we define ourselves by what we do. We forget that we're human beings. God called us into existence. It is at our being level where God encounters us and our doings, right, our works as Catholics, that is supposed to be the fruit of our encounter with God at that level of being. And what you're describing, you are here at that nexus. You're in an encounter, we've chosen that to be there, right. but he's also chosen to encounter you there, too. That's awesome. So now, thanks to Sam, I've got 11 things on this list, but it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. You are. We'll start with you are, but, but you're right. So this you are here, it's like, so let's, let's at least celebrate that. No matter how bad things seems to be, right, you're here. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Let's just relish in that for with a the moment. The God of the universe. That's right. That's right. Exactly right. Right. So then the second thing that I hear um, is, is a revelation, you know, that we need to hear every once in a while. You are broken. Mm-hmm. Right? So you're here and you're broken. Let's just talk. Let's just speak of the elephant in the room, right? Mm-hmm. And that is the sinner that's sitting before the Lord. And I'm there and I'm putting this together going like, well, I am here. So if it's true that I'm here, then it's, then it's also true that I'm broken because I need to be here. Right, so that's the if-then statement. If, if I'm here, it's because I'm broken. Right? And so our, our recognition of our brokenness is something that far too often we want to just sweep under the rug or ignore or not talk about. Um, and certainly we don't, when we do admit it, we don't want uh, to abide in our brokenness. Mm. Right? We don't want to stay in our brokenness. Right, because there would only be two things on the list, and that would be very bad. Mm-hmm. Right, and there are there are people that we encounter in the world that are so broken that they don't think they'll ever be unbroken. But see, here's the thing: if it's true that you're broken, then it it follows that you're fixable. Right, right. So if you're broken, that means you're not whole, and so there is a whole version of you. Mm-hmm. There is a fixed version of you. There's a, a good and holy version of you, and so you have to recognize that. Hey. There's some potential here. The Lord has something to work in. And I think the Lord wants us to know that, yeah, you're here. That's awesome. And, yeah, you're broken. Let's realize that. But, hey, you're fixable. So it's interesting with you saying that you're here, you're broken, you're fixable. There's a revolution to Christianity that a lot of people miss out on in terms of the movement from Judaism to Christianity. I heard – so we were all familiar at weddings when they break the dish yeah. right at at the wedding and a lot of people don't know what that represents you know it's just like oh that's just something that they do no i mean the jewish faith just like the catholic faith is highly symbolic one guy a long time ago <laughs> dropped dropped some dishes yes and they kind of made it into the whole program <laughs> made it into the whole program no but so what what that it was, was it good let's do that again <laughs> yeah. but the explanation i received uh, from a rabbi was the reason that they do that is to actually remind 
them that once something is broken, you can't just fix it. Right. And that's the message to the husband and wife of don't let these bonds be broken because once they're broken, you can't just fix it. And I, when I heard that, I thought, wow, you know, the, whereas with Christianity, we're invited into that place of brokenness and our Lord is here yeah. to fix it. And so it's a very different message in terms of you are fixable as part of the revolution of what our Lord was uh, bringing to us. That's 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 exactly right. And it's a great message, but it doesn't stop there. Like right. we're, we're three into ten, you know, so it's it's really powerful. So, and if it's true that we're fixable, right? So we're here, we're broken, we're fixable, right? If it's true that we are fixable, then there's this, um, there's this intentionality uh, and this this intentionality to be fixed, right? Mm-hmm. There, there is a desire for us to be fixed, uh, a willingness to allow the Lord to fix us, which means that the Lord meant us to be, mm-hmm. right? So you are meant to be. Mm-hmm. You're not a mistake. You're not a random collision of of atoms in the cosmos. There's there's a there's a meaning and a purpose to your very existence. The fact that the Lord would deem to fix you, or that He'd want you to be whole. And that's a powerful, powerful understanding that, like, takes us out of our. It just it actually wrenches us from our brokenness or our worthlessness that we might feel at times. Uh, and it's really a, the story of redemption, uh, the fact that we can't do this on our own, but the fact that we're that we're here, that we're desirous to be here in, in His presence, our recognition of our own brokenness, and this idea that we're fixable, that we desire that, tells us that we we were meant to be. We're not a mistake. Meant to be loved. Meant to be loved. It's, 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 it's a beautiful, beautiful understanding to see that fourth thing being meant to be. In Scripture, uh, uh, St. Peter, in one of his letters, he has a, a, a powerful quote where he says that uh, God's patience is our salvation, right? And so that comes to mind as I'm listening here because God's patience is our salvation. People listening to the, you share this list, you might be speaking into people's lives who are in a place of deep struggle, where they see they've got sins where they're like I don't these are just a part of who I am and I don't know how to break them or yeah. I don't know how to change who I am I want to be a saint but that seems so foreign to me you know et cetera et cetera but at the end of the day God you are whoever you are right now listening to this show you are exactly who God had in mind when He loved you into existence yeah. and He knew and at this point you'd be exactly where you are and He's here to encounter you there where you are. Or for you here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, the funny thing about this, Sam, you say that, uh, to be clear, this is really me preaching to myself. Oh, sure. But yeah, I yeah. think by, by the virtue of the fact that I chose to kind of like reveal this to a couple of different groups of people uh, at a moment, you know, when they were in adoration, it's like it just helped me to get, I think other people want to hear this. Yeah, I think so. so. Seriously, here, you're, number one, you're here. Number two, you're broken. Number three, you're fixable. Number four, you're meant to be. And here's the thing. If you were meant to be, mm-hmm. now think about this. That means because you were created, right? You were meant to be. You were, you were loved into existence, as you just said it there. You can tell the, um, the painter by the painting, right? You can, you, can, uh, you can look at a Monet, right? If you're into Impressionists or whatever, you can look at a Monet and go like, that's a Monet. And, you don't, and there's no signature. And yet you know that's a Monet. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a Rembrandt or, or whatever. So any great uh, auteur, you know, by his works, you, you can say, well, that's obviously Shakespeare, right? Even though you may not know that it's Shakespeare, you hear it. You, mm-hmm. you, so you see these traits of the uh, creator, the mm-hmm. author, in the work. 
Well, okay, so you were created. You were meant to be. You were loved into existence. That means that you were created in God's image and likeness, that you have all of the DNA, all the characteristics, everything about you comes from God. And the best parts of you are essentially like breathed into you and they're like God's fingerprints are all over you. Yeah. Right? So someone sees you and just to, to, to stop and think that like you are created in God's image and likeness. And we use that phrase. We kind of banty it about. You know, we talk about it all the time. Well, you know, they were created in God's image and likeness. And everyone's like, God looks like Ralph. I mean, he's like we 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 stop and we don't we don't really think about those kind of things, right? But it means that he's our dad. Yeah, I mean, there's a there is right. There's just something. I mean, you look at the you look at the kids. Uh, I just went to a funeral yesterday, and one of the kids, the youngest son uh, of this uh, man that had passed away, uh, I, I looked and I hadn't seen this kid in however many years. And, and it's like 20 years. And so when I saw him again, he like he looked like his dad when I knew his dad 20 years ago. Wow. I mean, he looks – I mean, I thought like, wow, you are the spitting image of your dad. And it's like it was incredible. That's cool. uh, and that's the way we are. Like, so you, you are created in his image and likeness. Now, so if that's true, if it's true that we're created in his image and likeness, then it also is true then that we're dignified. Right, because God is God is great. God is good. God is everything. God God is all uh, the be all in all with all through all for all. You know, God is everything. And if you were created by Him and you have His DNA is all over you, His fingerprints are all over you. The reality is there's a dignity that's innate or uh, part of you that comes from God that we're given. So don't undervalue who you are. Well, and honestly, any who anybody is, because everyone's been created by God. And so this idea that we're dignified is, is huge. And remember, you came to the Blessed Sacrament in adoration as, uh, as a broken person. But you have to understand that, like, you know, you're here, you're broken, you're fixable, you're meant to be, you're created in His image and likeness. And that gives you human dignity that cannot be stripped away from you. No matter what, people can try. They can, they can put you on the rack. They can put you in the hole. They can do all these terrible, torturous things to you, but they cannot take away your dignity. No matter what they do, they can, they can attempt it. They can spit upon you. They can kick you. They can beat you. They can berate you. All these things they can do to you, but they can't take this out of you. You're always going to be dignified. And yet the, the thing that comes to mind as I'm listening to this, too, is one of the biggest enemies to our dignity is ourselves because how often are we running from our divine sonship or daughtership, right? We're running to a world that tries to say, hey, you got to go find yourself and create yourself and be your own author and define your own utility and, uh, and, and chase after that and chase after what you want. And it's all about you, right? What we're actually doing when we're doing that is we're running away from our one source of dignity. When we try to make ourselves and try to elevate ourselves above others, what we're also forgetting is the thing that we, the one thing that we all have in common is that common dignity by being, you know, children of God. Yeah, Yeah, but we're running away from that, and it's Mm -hmm. our sins that are actually. Killing our dignity, or yeah. or trying to, yeah, <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. So, if it's true that we're dignified, that we have this this innate human dignity, um, then then essentially it is it is necessary that we are sustained, right? That that we live up to that dignity, which means that in that dignity, we I, I, I don't know if I, this is the right word, but we deserve 
but we are we are uh, we are able then to sustain that dignity, uh, you know, to to build it up. Yeah. Right, we're, it's required that we don't just leave that dignity like at the lowest rung on the floor of appreciation and understanding, but that we raise it up. And you've heard the expression, you are what you eat. And one of the great gifts of our Catholic faith is to be able to receive Holy Communion. And so um, if we're dignified, there's something like when you walk into a church, sometimes, hopefully, most times, the first thing you recognize is that little red candle that's lit that's right next to the tabernacle. And essentially, when we receive Holy Communion, we become a living, breathing tabernacle, right? So if you're, you're here, you're broken, you're fixable, you're meant to be, you're created in His image and likeness, you're dignified, you're a tabernacle, right? In God's dignity, when we receive Holy Communion, talk about dignity. Now, now we're a tabernacle, that we're, we're walking around carrying the Lord within us. Mm-hmm. For that period of time that the, that the, the host is uh, in our body, we become this tabernacle and Christ present in us. You know, and, and bad things can happen to our tabernacle. Occasionally our tabernacle gets dinged up and dented. Or occasionally our tabernacle, the door doesn't quite close right or it's a little uh, scuffed up on the outside. But we've all seen those beautiful tabernacles. But when we receive the Eucharist, uh, essentially uh, we're, we're, we become, you know, God-like, right? We become like him because we partake of the divine uh, 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 the divine nature, we, we partake of that. And so this being a tabernacle is a beautiful, beautiful gift that's like our dignity at its fullest. Mm-hmm. My pastor uh, commented on that and actually has challenged our, the parish and challenged me to pay attention to when you receive the Eucharist, what time it is. And it's about 15 minutes that the Lord is yeah. going to remain uh, fully within you before, you know, before it's fully consumed by your body. And so if you, you know, waiting after mass for that 15 minutes and continuing in prayer as opposed to just jumping up, right. you know, and running out, and especially if it's a Sunday, oh, we got to go to our Sunday lunch or, or whatever. It, it's a great way to witness to your family as yeah. well to say, hey, kids, we're, we're going to stay here for another few minutes and pray. Um, because and what you're doing is you're receiving that fullness of that dignity uh, as That's a beautiful. tabernacle. Yes, absolutely, hundred percent. Now, uh, if we're a tabernacle, and right, and we go into a church and we see the tabernacle up there behind the altar, um, and it's very public. And you said the right, right word, um, Sam. That's launching into this number eight here, and that is you are a witness, mm-hmm. right? Because you're a tabernacle. Tabernacle. The tabernacle is very public, right? We see the tabernacle. Right, that contains the, 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 the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our, our Lord in repose, when, when, as a tabernacle, we become a witness, mm-hmm. right? That we go outside of the church and we're witnessing to Jesus. And that's something that a lot of people forget. Everyone thinks like, well, that's for the other people. That's for the pope or the bishops or the priests or the deacons or the religious or the, the really special theologians or the people that know and study and whatever. And the reality is each one of us Right, each one of us is here, broken, fixable, meant to be created in His image and likeness, dignified, a tabernacle, and to be a witness. We're not allowed to stay in our pew. I mean, I know Sam, you just said stay in your pew for fifteen minutes, <laughs> but the right. reality is, ultimately, you you can't live in the pew, right? You've right. got to go out. No, that was the first word that Jesus said in the Great Commission: "Go therefore." It wasn't sit therefore. It wasn't right. wait therefore until something else happens. It's like go. No, you go. That's, you're being commissioned. And, yeah. the, and the reality is we're a witness. And so if it's true that we're a witness, then it follows then 
that we are hope. Mm. Like we we are hope. And a lot of people are like, well, hold on now. That's sounding like you're trying to be like Jesus. We are trying to be like Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is utilizing us. He's working through us. Right, The hope to the world comes from Jesus. That's the sole source for all hope in the world. Let's be clear. But how Jesus, the process by which Jesus essentially shares this hope with everyone is us as witnesses, right? To bring hope to those who are downtrodden and those who are on the outskirts or, or, or on the fringes of society. And, and the reality, uh, you know, we are then hope to others, I mean, we've come a long way from being broken, right? We, we, oh, yeah, yeah. we, we, we to sit there in, in adoration and realize that you are hope, that you're the hope of the world. That's a 180. I, I know. That, that is awesome. It's a beautiful thing. Now, you might think that's the top of the rung and I could stop at nine, Mm-mm. right? That the Lord would say, you're, you're, you're done. That's good. Now you're hope. You know, go away, right? He doesn't. There's one more that's this, this, this number 10, right? This top piece here is that we have to realize and understand that we're loved. Mm-hmm. Right now, you might have th- thought like, well, I, w- I want to have that love first. It's like, I-, I think it's perfect to put that love last. And I think that's the way I received it because this is a ladder. Like we start at the bottom. We're here, right? We're broken. We're fixable. We're moving up. We're meant to be. We're, we're moving up. We're creating his image and likeness and dignified. We're a tabernacle. We're moving up. We're a witness. Uh, and, and, and it's sort of like the pinnacle is where we're hope. We're going out as hope. Isn't that awesome? But to realize we have to, we have to realize that we're loved for the very reason that we're going to fall again. Right? This is a ladder that we keep climbing. We get to the top and we fall off. Right? And we find ourselves back at the bottom where we're, we're here and we're broken. And the thing is we have to continue to recognize that life is, is uh, it's an ongoing state of conversion. We're always trying to grow cro- closer. And I think the Lord wanted me to know most of all that what fuels all of these other nine things is that we're loved. We love because he loved us first. Absolutely. And so you are here. You are broken. You are fixable. You are meant to be. You are created in his image and likeness. You're dignified. You're a tabernacle. You're a witness. You are hope. And you are loved. Man, when, when I left that particular adoration uh, hour, I was feeling pretty good at that point. You know? And I've, I've revisited this a couple of times. I've presented this to a couple of people. Now we're presenting it to a couple more people. You know? And I don't know, what you're, yeah, I don't know what you're going to do with it. Uh, maybe the, the Lord has a special plan in your particular your life, your experience, and what you're, what you're feeling right now. But just know all these things that you are, and, and ultimately you are loved. And that's so a beautiful thing to, uh, to reflect upon. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff.com at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.